This is KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah. On Mondays, we are having Rav Benjamin Tavori, who is giving a series this year on Mo'adei Hashanah, Shiurim, about the different holidays and festivals. The past few weeks we've been talking about the mitzvahs of, Pur- of Pesach. One of the laws that we've discussed is when does the law of talking about Yom Tov really begin? The simple statement of the Gemara, would mean that before Yom Tov you would have to speak and learn the laws of Yom Tov 30 days before. We discussed if there really is such halacha, if it really applies to all the Chagim. Nevertheless, since this week is going to be Rosh Chodesh Adar, I felt it would be appropriate to begin this week learning the, some of the laws of Purim. I'd like to begin Dafka with one of the halachas that is interesting because it doesn't happen in Purim. We do not say Halal on Purim. The of course, in Hanukkah we do say Hallel, and in Purim we don't. The Gemara asks the question in Megillah, the Gemara asks why we don't say Hallel on Purim. Now, from the very fact that the Gemara asks the question, it seems that the Gemara thinks that there was a very good reason why we should have said Hallel on Purim. And the explanation given there, Zmame avdus lecheirus amushira mimisa lechayim lo kol when we left Mitzrayim, we left to freedom. When we were in Egypt, our lives were not in mortal danger. It's true we were enslaved to Paro, but as slaves, they probably wanted us to continue living in order to serve them. Interesting concept. They want us to live in order for us to be Avadim. But in and, but nevertheless, even though their life was not in danger, when they escaped from Mitzrayim, they said Shira. They did say Halel. So, So it should be a Kavachomer that when we escaped the plan of Haman, to destroy all the Jews, then for sure we should have said Halel. The Gemara goes on to say a number of reasons why we don't say Hallel. One of the reasons in the, given in the Gemara is because we simply cannot use the text that we say in the, in the Hallel. We say, Hashem. We praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say we are slaves of God. The Gemara says, but when we left Mitzrayim, when we left the state of slavery, then indeed we could say we have left the slavery of human bondage, and today we're slaves only to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But in the days of Achashverosh, although our lives were threatened, and surely we were saved from impending doom to a situation where we are free, but nevertheless we're not really free, we are still subordinated to the kingdom of Achashverosh. At the very end of the Megillah, perhaps the Megillah wants to emphasize this point 
by saying Vayosem Hamelech Achashverosh Masaloetz Vayayayam, Achashverosh imposed taxes. His greatness, everything else, still continued, perhaps in greater strength after he deposed Haman. So it would be inappropriate for us to say Haluav de Hashem when we're still Avadim Teparo. Another famous answer given in the Gemara is that you don't say Halel on a miracle that happened outside of Eretz Yisrael. Apparently, the level of miracle that requires or warrants us to say Halel has to be a miracle that occurs in Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara, of course, asks the obvious question, what about Pesach? We left Mitzrayim. That certainly occurred in Chutzras, and we say Halel. And the Gemara's answer is, that is until Eretz Yisrael became Eretz Yisrael. Until we, when we entered Eretz Yisrael, and Eretz Yisrael was endowed with Kedusha, that special significance of Eretz Yisrael, then came into play. And from then on, we cannot say Halel on a miracle that happened in Chutzars. But until we came into Eretz Yisrael, then there was no big distinction between Eretz Yisrael and other countries, and you could say Shira on a Miracle that happened in Chutzaret as well. Another answer of the Gemara, and that's the one we'll, I'd like to emphasize today, is the Gemara says, Kriyosu Hilula. Reading the Megillah itself is a form of Halel. On Hanukkah, we have no special part of our tefillah. It's true we add Alanisim, but there's no extra Megillah or anything that we say because it's Hanukkah. So therefore, it's appropriate to say Halel. However, in Purim, when we read the Megillah, the Gemara says, Kriyasa Zuhilula. Reading the Megillah is Halel. This, of course, would lead to an obvious question. What would happen if a person does not have a Megillah? The Gemara seems to imply that you really should say Halel on Purim. But we say it, or we don't need to say Halel, because when we, we, we read the Megillah. But what happens if a person doesn't read the Megillah? Now, theoretically, a person could raise this question in a, not just in the rare circumstance where a person doesn't have a Megillah. But w- there are cases, and there were cases in the time of the Gemara for sure, that people did not read the Megillah in Purim at all. If we'll remember the first Mishnah in Mesechus Megillah, it tells about the people who lived in villages. Apparently, the skills of reading and writing were not as well developed then as they are now. And it could very well be that people who lived in a village had no one there who could read the Megillah for them. Though people used to go to market on Mondays and Thursdays. So the first Mishnah in Megillah says how they are allowed to go to market and have the Megillah read in the market, or on the day of the market, or on the days that preceded Purim. And therefore the Mishnah says you could read the Megillah on the 11th, the 12th, the 13th. If you were, for example, if Purim was to be on Thursday, which was the 14th, so they would read on the 14th. But if Purim would have been on Friday, so they came to the market on Thursday, so that would have been the 13th, and therefore you were allowed to read the Megillah on 13th. And you could work out all the other days. If Purim would be on Wednesday, they would read the Megillah on Monday, which would be the 12th, and you can work it all out, that they could read the Megillah any day. 
in such a circumstance, the person really might ask the question, according to this, maybe you should read the Megillah on the 11th, the 12th, or the 13th, but maybe Halal should be said on the 14th. Even today, a person could raise this question, because in Chutzlaretz, we really don't know of any case where you don't read the Megillah on Purim, unless there's some unforeseen circumstance. But think about Eretz Yisrael for a moment. When we know that there's, in Yerushalayim, they read on the 15th, and the 15th can be on Shabbos. It was so last year that Purim was on Shabbos in Yerushalayim. So the din is that you read the Megillah on Friday. But it doesn't mean that Purim is not Shabbos. Shabbos is Purim. So perhaps a person would say that you should read the Megillah on Shabbos, you should read the Megillah on Friday, but say Halal on, on, on Shabbos. Of course, one might argue that even if you would accept the argument that you say Halal without a Megillah, that would only apl- apply in a case where you don't have a Megillah at all. But if you did read the Megillah, even though it's not on the right day, then you don't say Halal. That argument could be discussed uh, both ways. But nevertheless, the basic question that we've asked is it, would it really be true that if a person doesn't have a Megillah, he should read the Megillah, I should say Halal Nupurim? The Rishon that raised the issue and said very clearly and affirmatively that you really should do so is the Me'iri Yonat Gemara and Megillah. When the Afyadala, the Me'iri says very explicitly and clearly, therefore a person who doesn't have the Megillah on Purim, doesn't hear the Megillah on Purim, should say Halal. Firstly, we must notice, although there were three or four answers in the Gemara, the Miri Paskin according to one answer, and therefore he said, according to this Psak, we really should read Halel, say Halel on a day that we have no Megillah. It would seem offhand that the Rambam disagrees with this principle of the Miri. The Rambam has the laws of Halel in Hilchus Chanukah. In general, one would have to try to analyze why are the laws of, Chan- of Halil specifically in Hilchus Chanukah? Does that show that there's something unique about Chanukah that is the basic concept of Halil to do with Chanukah? In general, the methodology of the Rambam and putting certain halachas in certain places really requires very serious analysis. Becholofen, in any case, the Rambam in Hilchas Chanukah mentions all the laws of when you say Halel, what is Halel, and he says there in Paragimel, Halacha Vav. First of all, Halacha of Chanukah, according to the Rambam, is not the Oraisa. In this, there is a dispute between the Rambam and the Ramban as to the nature of saying Halel in general. The Rambam says all Halel not just of Hanukkah, but of Yom Tov as well, is Midivri Sofrim. Now, the phrase Midivri Sofrim, we, we always know in the Rambam is problematic, but nevertheless, it seems to be that here he means Midrabanan, that there is no biblical requirement of saying Halel. And the Rambam lists off the 18 days a year in Chut in Eretz Yisrael that you say Halel. Eight days of Sukkis, seven days of Hanukkah, the eight days of Hanukkah, one day of Pesach, and one day of Shavuos. In Chutzah, of course, you add three more days. One for Pesach, and one for 
Sukkis, and of course, one for Shavuos. Then the Ramam goes on to say, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, you don't say Halil, because they're days of Tshuva, of Yira and Pachad, awe and fear, and therefore they're not the days which are appropriate to say Halil. They're not days of, the phrase of the Rambam, of Simcha Yaseira. But then the Rambam says the last line that's important for us. They did not establish Halel on Purim because reading the Megillah is Halel. Now, the Rambam says It seems that the Rambam would think there is no Takana at all of saying Halel. According to Mi'iri, well, there is a takan of saying Halel when there is no Megillah. It would seem to me from the Rambam that there's no Halel at all in Purim. Even if you don't have a Megillah, I don't think the Rambam would agree with the premise of the Me'iri. In fact, the Me'iri seems to be almost a shitas yachid, a minority opinion, and very other, few other people have discussed this problem, this issue of the Me'iri. But nevertheless, the Rambam did seem to paskin, according to the opinion of the Gemara, Shekriyas HaMegillah Yehalel. Now, in the Gemara, there were a number of reasons why you don't say Halel. The bottom line is you don't say Halel in Purim. What difference does it make which reason it, it would be? According to the Mi'iri, I certainly understand. There is a practical difference which opinion we follow. But if I'm right in the assumption that the Ramam th- disagrees with the Mi'iri, then what is the reason for the Ramam to add to word, to add the phrase Shekriyas Hamagili Halal? Why should he paskin at all? Lo Tiknu Halabapurim would be sufficient. There are various possibilities to suggest why the Rambam thought that Kriyasuzuhilula and there is a practical difference between the different reasons, besides the opinion of the Miri. The Arsameach of Remer Simcha, coin of Davinsk, raised the question of the opinions in the Gemara before how many people must the Megillah be read. Is it a Chiyav Hatzibur? Is it to be read with a minion? And a person should make sure that he's part of a minion on Purim. Or can it be a chi of hayachid? Could be a chi of each person individually. Well, since we know that Megillah is a din of Pirsumanes, since the Gemara equates reading the Megillah with the fact of publicizing the miracle, Pirsumanes, that is the mitzvah of Megillah, the Farsemetanes, it would seem that you do require a minion. So the Arsameach comes up with a, a suggestion that really, in terms of Kriyas HaMagila, it would be required to have a minion for Pirsumanes. But nevertheless, there's another halacha in Megillah, that Megillah contains in it the Halel. And therefore, the chiyuv of saying halal is a chiyuv hayachid. That's a chiyuv that applies to each person individually. So by reading the Megillah, I actually fulfill both obligations. 
the obligation of Halel and the obligation of Megillah. So, in terms of Yachid, I would be Chayev anyway, no matter which way we look at it. In terms of reading Megillah as the Megillah, I might be Chayev only as a Chayev Atzibur, in with ten. Now we know that Lechatchila, it is correct to read the Megillah with ten people. But the Evid, we paskin that you can read the Megillah even with one person. According to this line of reasoning, we would say when you read with a minion, you have the fulfillment of Pirsum Anais and Halel. When you read it Biyachid, so perhaps you don't have the full Kiyom of Pirsum Anais, but you certainly do have the Kiyom of saying Halel. The Rambam sort of reiterates, well, said it actually before, that in the, in Kriyasa Megillah, I actually have Halel. In a very unusual place to find the Rambam that would discuss this issue, we will see what the Rambam says specifically about reading the Megillah. In the beginning of Mishnah Torah, in the very introduction to Mishnah Torah, there's a list of 613 mitzvahs in a very brief form that is written as an introduction to Mishnah Torah. Now, people have raised the issue, did the Rambam really write this? I would like just to quote, right after those mitzvahs, just before the Rambam lists off the 14 books, the Rambam says the words are found, Since this is written in the first person, and there are first person references throughout the this introduction, it seems to be that the Rambam uh, certainly wrote this himself. He writes, for example, Karasi Shem Sefer Sefer Amade, Karasi Shem Sefer Azmanim. It seems that it was written by the Rambam itself. Now, the Rambam there, at the end of listing the mitzvahs, before he delineates the 14 books, the Rambam says the statement, these are the Tayag mitzvahs, which have been given to Moshe Misinai, etc. And he says, but besides that, I'm going to discuss laws that were given by Rabbanan, and he explains why Rabbanan are allowed to give halachas. And then he says, V'tzivu likras ha-megillah ba'onasa. They commanded us, that means chachamim, to read the Megillah on its time. K'day l'hazkir shevachav shel ha-kadosh baruchu, u'tshuo she'asalanu, v'haya karav l'shavaseinu, k'day l'varcha u'lahalalo, so the Rambam has in this statement, I'll translate it briefly, that they require us to read the Megillah to mention the praises of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the, and the salvation that He did for us. He was close to us in order to levarcho, to give the bracha, ulehalaloh and to praise, in order to inform the future generations. That seems Pirsumanes. So you see here, the Rambam says very clearly that in Kriyas HaMegillah, I have in it, I have Pirsumanes, and I also have Halel. 
So when you do say Hallel, when you do say Megillah, you do have it in Hallel. And therefore, perhaps the suggestion of Darasameach could be understood. Another suggestion made by another Gadol who lived in the 20th century is in a sefer called Emek Bracha. The Emek Bracha was written by Reb Aryeh Pameranchik. Reb Aryeh Pameranchik was a big Tamid Chacham who was a close student of the Rav of Brisk, of the Brisker Rav. Unfortunately, he died at a very young age, and we only have a few svarim that he left. One of them is called Emek Bracha, which is a book on short, perhaps we would call them He'arot, on laws of bracha, on tefillah, uh, about things that are um, basically arachayim. He has a whole piece about Halel in general, but he has a specific issue to get on the topic of mitzvah srichas kavana. We know that there is a tremendous machlokas in the Gemara and the Halacha if we require, if the Halacha requires kavana and tefillah. Now, if a person would just use English translations, you might really make a big mistake. The phrase mitzvah tzrichas kavana, mitzvah slot tzrichas kavana would be translated, do you require kavana for mitzvahs or not? This is obviously not a correct understanding. Of course mitzvahs require kavana. It, when a person does a mitzvah, of course it's appropriate for him to have kavana. The question is, if a person did the mitzvah without specific kavana, did he fulfill the mitzvah at all? The issue has never that been that clearly resolved and is an issue of debate and perhaps we would differentiate between certain types of mitzvahs, between mitzvahs daraisa, mitzvahs drabanan, or even within those categories, different types of mitzvahs. The Rabbi quoted a Magid Mishnah. In the, begin, in, in the beginning of uh, the second paragraph of Megillah, the Mishnah tells about a person who was writing and apparently reciting the Megillah as he was writing the Megillah. And the Mishnah says, if you had Kavana, you were Yalte. The parallel type of Sugya is found at the beginning of the second paragraph of Brachas. There it's referring to a person who was reading the Torah, and it came up to the time of Kriyashma. And there the Gemara said, a Mishnah said, if a person has the proper Kavana, he was Yalte. If he was not, he did not Yalte. The Gemara there in Brachas immediately asks, Shmami na mitzvah kavana. We can imply from this Mishnah, we can infer from this Mishnah, that mitzvah srichas kavana. And the Gemara then has to give an answer to explain this, even according to the opinion that mitzvah lo srichas kavana. But we find no such parallel Gemara in, in, in Megillah. The Gemara could have asked the same thing. The Megillah, the Mishnah in Megillah says, if a person is writing the Megillah, and he's re- apparently reciting the Megillah. So if he had Kavana, he was Yotze. Why doesn't the Mishnah go on to, the Gemara go on to say, we can imply from here that Mitzvah we can infer from here that Mitzvah is Kavana. And the Gemara answer, and there's no answer to the Gemara. So, the Magid Mishnah says, in Hilchos Megillah, Perik Beis, of Hilchos Megillah, Ulai HaKomodim in Megillah Shetarech Kavana. Perhaps, all would agree that Megillah requires Kavana.
Why would that be true? If there is such a machlokas, such a widespread machlokas of mitzvah, strichas, kavana or not, why would everybody agree that by Megillah, mitzvah, strichas, kavana? So one could argue and say any mitzvah that's, that has to do with speech requires kavana. That also would require a lot of analysis. However, Rav Pamaratchik suggests a different explanation. Since we paskin, since we passed it reading Megillah's Hallel, but it's not there clearly, it's not explicit that you're saying Hallel. So Hallel needs Kavana because the whole idea of Hallel is that I'm praising it and thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If you do not have Kavana for it, so perhaps you're not Yotze, the aspect of Hallel. You could even add a little point. Since it's not explicit, the only way to include Hallel in Megillah is if a person actually thinks and understands that he's saying Hallel. In another big section, Rapamaranchik talks about the fact that we really say Hallel when we feel the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, both in terms of his gvura, his might, and in terms of his chesed, his loving kindness for what he did for us. He quotes the famous Pasuk, Haluas Hashem kol goyim, shabchu kol umim, ki govar aleinu chasdo. That phrase, ki govar aleinu chasdo, the gvura and the chesed, were both shown to us. And therefore, there should be an idea of saying Hallel. And of course, one could discuss the various ideas of the Gemara in light of that concept. We don't say Hallel on a nice that happened in, in Chutzaretz. Maybe we don't feel the closeness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to understand the Gvura of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in Chutzlaretz, as well as we do in Eretz Yisrael. The, if we're still avadim to Paro, maybe we don't feel the chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as greatly as we would feel if we would be independent, have we gone l'cheirus. Perhaps one could even argue that we don't feel that we recognize Gevuros Hashem on a nice nister. When a miracle that occurred in an unusual fashion, perhaps we don't realize the Gevoras Hashem. Rav Hutner makes this point in Pachad Yitzchak on Purim. He points out that the Mi'iri's opinion was not endorsed by other Poskim. Rav Hudner says it's a das yachid. There are people who do quote the Miri and somehow do discuss and perhaps do endorse it, but it is true that by far most poskim have not mentioned the Miri or have rejected the Miri. Why don't we really follow this opinion of saying Hallel on Purim? According to the Miri, if a person does not have a Megillah, he should say Hallel. Rav Hudner pointed out very briefly a theory of Purim which is very well known. Purim, as opposed to other Chagim, 
as opposed to other unique days in the Jewish calendar, is not a day where we see Yad Hashem in a blatant, overt manner. Everything about Purim is hidden. It's what we call a Nes Nistar. The Ramban, of course, in the end of Parshas Bo, has this whole distinction between Nisim Nistarim and Nisim Gluyim. Overt miracles over hidden miracles. Purim represents the hidden miracle to the nth degree. The name of God is not even mentioned in the Megillah. A person who is oblivious of understanding Hashgachas Hashem could theoretically read the Megillah and see in it a strange coincidence of certain events and not realize Yad Hashem. We talk about the idea of Purim being completely Nistar. In fact, the name of Esther has been used by the Gemara to say where is the source of Esther in the Torah. And they quote the Pasuk, V'anochi aster astir panai bayamahu. God's will be hidden kivayachal on that day. Esther is a symbol of a miracle of Hester panim. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not so obvious in the story. Rav said that the miracle of Purim is hidden. And therefore, the praise, the Halal of Purim, should also be hidden. Halal should conform to the miracle. Since the miracle of Purim is hidden, Halal also must be hidden. If a person has the Megillah, then he reads the Megillah, and within the Megillah there is a hidden element that a person with sharp eyes understands the Halel and the Shevach in the Megillah. But if a person doesn't have a Megillah, he's Anus. He is not capable of fulfilling this mitzvah. He is also incapable of saying the Halel. Halel has to be hidden within the Megillah. And if it's not hidden, Liba Lafuma Logalia, you just can't say it overtly. That would not be in the correct way to say Halel on Purim. One of the interesting ramifications of this question would be whether women would be required to say Halel on Purim. We have discussed in the past the idea of saying Halel in general as a mitzvah sasei shazman grama. On, uh, let's say, Shavuos, when we say Halel, so Halel should be said, but it seems to be that women would be exempt from saying Halel. And the Mishnah, Sukkah, the Rambam, and Chaschanaka would say so explicitly, or almost explicitly, that women are exempt from saying Halel. But the Halel of a miracle, the Halel which occurs for a miracle, would require a, a whole story to understand should this obligation be applied to women as well. There's a discussion of this in a certain achronim. We are running out of time, so I would just like to refer you to a sefer of Torah's Raphael, Rav Raphael Shapiro, the father-in-law of Rav Chaim, wrote a whole discussion whether women are chayev in Halel on Chanukah. We could then raise the same question, would women be chayev in Halel on Purim? The basic line that we've learned today is that we do not say Halal on Purim. And it seems that we would never say Halal on Purim. The only question is, why don't we say Halal on Purim? We've mentioned a number of reasons. Perhaps Halal is included in the Megillah 
which seems to be the psak of the Rambam, of the Miri. The ramifications of that psak we've tried to discuss today. One ramification according to the Miri, at least two other ramifications according to the Rambam as well.